And uh, a girlfriend of mine is a sick makeup artist, super sick. She does, you know, TV shows, movies, does some stuff for herself. And then she got into cosplay. So she does a lot of like alien work and it is next level. And the fact is, is when you talk to her about it, she's talking to, she's talking to you about it the same way we might talk about comedy. You know, she's down as an art form. It's not just, I'm going to do this eyeshadow and do this mascara. It's not, it's nothing like that. She has accuracy because she has a purpose for every single step she's doing until it's complete. And if she doesn't execute it, then it's not accurate enough. Welcome everyone to episode number 21 of The Johnny Rogers Show. My guest today is comedian Quinn C. Martin. He has a new album that's streaming right now on all platforms called Girl Quinn Interrupted. Uh, please join me in welcoming now. <laughs> Coming to us live from the uh, Nike outlet. Where, where, where <laughs> <laughs> I got some Yeezys in there. Too. Yeah, you got some stacks. What, what is that behind you, sir? How many shoes you got? Way too many. Way too many. Way too many. many. (laughs) Now, man, it looks like some solid investments there. I see some Air Jordans. Yeah, I got some. I got some hits. Is that what you tell the ladies when they come over? They're investments. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of shoes. It's a lot of shit. (laughs) This isn't even all of them. There's like, they're everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I I definitely want to get from. It's it's impossible for me to have done this. It's impossible for me to have done this and shoot it somewhere where there's no shoes. <laughs> okay, so. fair enough. Yeah. No, I'm happy. You're rubbing the East Scarborough Duck Hunt Champa shirt as well. Yeah, that's what it is, man. Thank you for noticing. Yes, yeah. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I always appreciate merch going out. Um, yeah, well, that's the band, right? The album yeah. is by Timothy Martin and the East Scarborough Duck Hunt Champs. Which is so. such a cool combination. Like, I listened to the whole album and I was just like, man, this is such a great idea and such a good concept for uh, a comedy album is to, Thank like, you. kind of merge those two genres. Because uh, I had that battle myself of, like, lockdown happened. I can't do stand-up. And I'm like, what's another way that I could... I don't like doing, like, comedy sketch- it, like sketches and then, like, little yes. bits like that. I'm just... My brain doesn't work that way. I mean, if somebody asked me to be in one, I'd be like, okay, sure. But to come up with it myself, I'm like, nah, I couldn't be, bo- couldn't be bothered. But I dove into like hip hop and, and making music and um, yeah. trying to express myself that way, be funny in bars and stuff. So to hear the comedy album where you're like in between tracks, there's this like hip hop element that's like transitioning you into the next track. How, how did you come up with that idea? Um, wow. Uh, there's a lot of different ways. To be honest, if there wasn't a lockdown, I probably still would have done this. In fact, I'll say I definitely still would have done it because I was never just going to put out another album or just put out a album and have me just be another talking head telling all these jokes. I wanted something to be different. It just had to be done right. Um, The biggest thing was for me was, uh, was Dre's Chronic 2001. I don't know if you ever heard that album, but Ed Griffin uh, does a, um, he does an interlude on that album and he talks over a Dre beat about the biggest pimp in America. And and, uh, I always remember listening to that and like, man, like 20 years ago and just being, this is incredible. And it just hit me one morning. I didn't even think of it. I knew I was influenced by it, but I didn't think of it. And it just kind of hit me one day. And uh, I don't know if you know Jake Leland, but Jake Leland, he produced uh, seven of the nine tracks on the album. Oh, amazing. And he just said, yo, yeah. He said, come to the crib, man. I got uh, I got some beats I want you to hear. And I'm like, I'm always about anybody's art. I don't care if you paint. I don't care if you do ballet. I'll take it in. I'm always I'm always into other people's art. And uh, sure enough, we uh, I went to the crib and I just... I think started being like the separate checks. Like, Yo, can I buy these? And I yeah. started paying for them. And I uh, went to the studio. I did a studio session with Jake. He was there one night. And, uh, you know, we had really good times doing it. So it just, it kind of all came together at once. 
And the studio sessions are like the absolute, like just best time ever for anyone that hasn't gotten a chance to experience that world. It's just like, mm-hmm. imagine just like hanging out with your friends and you're just like creating something. Like, it's just that, that yeah. creation yeah. aspect yeah. of it is so beautiful. And when that, when that moment clicks, like I remember writing a song um, with 11 who I've had on the podcast before um, he was like, you know, he wasn't, we weren't really writing a song, but he was like, let's, let's workshop some ideas. I'm going to run some beats and like, we'll just go, we'll just go off of each other and just see what we can come up with. And then like thinking of a hook and then being like getting excited about it and then trying to find a way to make it more interesting or funnier. And then when it finally clicks and you get that connection, it's just like nothing else. It's like finding a good punchline really. It's like, be compared to that yeah yeah absolutely um we were in the studio jake and uh and my other man cody and uh it was cody that uh gave me the line you know when i started with too many and i said what happened to bridget i was just gonna go into the song yeah and he was yeah. like no no no, you gotta say something after and i was like all right and he's like say she od'd and i was like yo that's that's it you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean and it was just boom we just did it one time so it was it was a really good time yeah hell yeah man um, I also want to talk to you. Your word today is accuracy. Um, what does yeah. that mean to you? Why do you want that to be uh, the topic for today's episode? Oh, did I lose you? Well, accuracy for me is about. Um, no, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, okay. Froze for a sec. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> okay, we're good. We're yeah, good. we're good. We're good. I got the good internet over here. <laughs> That's probably me. <laughs> The shoes are blocking the, the Wi-Fi. The blocking the Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> Bell doesn't tell you that shit. Uh, accuracy, accuracy for me is everything. It's about being precise, and it's about um, it's about having aim with what you're doing. Um, so I think that's about also channeling everything into one. And uh, so as long as you continue to put all of everything into one, uh, in order for it to go somewhere specific, so you aim first. You put your energy into it, and then, of course, you know you let it off. And it's—if you did everything right, then it's accurate. And so, accuracy for me is I put accuracy in everything that I do. I want to execute everything that I do, and I can't execute anything without any type of accuracy. It's not even complete until it's accurate, which is the way I wanted it to be, or it—it it goes right for the intended target. Yeah, there always has to be, I, I find as well with myself, like an intention in what I'm doing. Like there has to be some reason, like you say, to to kind of complete the project or to kind of bring something around. It's just, exactly. yeah, so wholly important to have that, um, to know where you're going and then be accurate with that approach as well is like Absolutely. just so key. And, and a lot of things that artists um, often forget, you know, they don't, they have an idea of like a height that they want to get to and they might not know the steps. And so they're just... But you might as well be firing like crazy. Yeah, just like yeah, if, you're duck, if you're duck hunting and you've got the gun on the back of your shoulder and you're firing yeah, behind yeah. you, that's all you're doing. You gotta close one eye. Yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. Line that shit up. You gotta follow it a bit. You gotta measure trajectory, all of that stuff. You know, when you let one off and you get it, it's it's accuracy. So accuracy is the most important thing. Yeah, man. I've been diving into your uh, um, profile here because I'm like. I always like doing a little bit of deep dive in my guests, but I went to your website and I, I didn't even know that you had a commercial reel with Bell, Coca-Cola, Budweiser. <laughs> Talk to me about that, about these, uh, I don't know, I'm going to mute it here, but we can play a bit of it as it's going, but like. Yeah, Bell 5, yeah. I did, I did a lot of commercial. I've done over, I probably, I probably say I've done over 60 commercials in my, uh, in my career. Damn, um, dude. Yeah, I did a lot of commercials. Yeah, those are really good times. I love them. <laughs> this one kills me just with the glass of milk. <laughs> yeah, the milk glass. Yeah. It's also fun because I never tell anyone I did them. No, <laughs> those, that's the best. Right? on your television and my phone blows up. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. And also sometimes you never really know when they're going to go. Um, oh, yeah. That's the thing with so acting. When I did the, um, uh, the Broncos Raider commercial uh, for the NFL, uh, I didn't know when it was going to come on because they they – they kind of section off the NFL season into sort of uh, kind of three different parts, right? So, uh, or quarters, I should say, four different parts because it's 16 game seasons. So mm. four, 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 four. And so they actually used mine on the last quarter of the season. Oh, shit. And, and it ended up playing like 26 seconds after they presented the Super Bowl 
uh, uh, trophy. And it, it, but it was all over. Uh, it was playing in the U.S. That was a U.S. national commercial. I had cousins calling me from Florida. They were just like, did I just see you on TV? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I, I love commercials. They're a really good time. Yeah. Yeah, commercial work is like one of the more fun things to do as an actor because it's just so quick. And it's like an yeah. easy payout where it's just like one day, it's a couple hours, whatever it is. And then you're, you're out and then on to the next thing. That's a good thing too about like um, being versatile as an artist, right? Like oh, having, yeah. having that versatility. And, and I really appreciate what you said about like not fully embracing everyone's art and not knocking anything in particular, because there is something to be learned from like literally any, any type of art that anyone does. Absolutely. You can interpret yes, it in absolutely. your own way. What, what's something yeah. that surprised you um, that you saw in, in another art form that you kind of adopted yourself? This is going to be really silly. I don't know. <laughs> uh, a makeup artist. Okay. And it's funny because people just think a makeup artist is somebody that's just good at makeup, but it's way more than you can imagine. And uh, a girlfriend of mine is a sick makeup artist, super sick. She does, you know, TV shows, movies, does some stuff for herself. And then she got into cosplay. So she does a lot of like alien work and it is next level. And the fact is, is when you talk to her about it, she's talking to, she's talking to you about it the same way we might talk about comedy. Mm. You know, she's breaking it down as an art form. It's not just, I'm going to do this eyeshadow and do this mascara. It's not, it's nothing like that. She has accuracy because she has a purpose for every single step she's doing until it's complete and if she doesn't execute it then it's not accurate enough and so for me it was a makeup artist that I found was really interesting makeup artists they they it kind of goes over everybody's head you know women get up and do makeup every day yeah right? yeah so you don't really you don't think, think about the artist yeah yeah it, you know and, and it, like say, say say for example you're watching you know you're watching the academy awards well you know, best costume isn't something you're really tuned in for. And yeah. the person who wins best costume, you'll never know them. You know what I mean? You'll, really. you'll walk right past them on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, same thing, makeup, arts, visual effects. You don't know. There's some guy in the computer who is an absolute master at this, you know, but it's an artistry and people don't really know that. So makeup artistry is something I really took a liking to and just watching other people do it and, and this specific woman that is extremely really good at it um wow I took a lot from her mm. that's uh yeah the the first thing that always comes to my mind too with like makeup artistry is obviously like you know monster vfx when they do things for movies and that's all it's makeup right like it's technically makeup to make them look older or younger or like an alien or whatever it might be but the craziest thing to me was um sometimes i'll watch um, that rupaul's drag race with my girlfriend and my god these are like these are men that are putting them on makeup and by the end of it you're like that's a woman yeah yeah you, yeah you, could, yeah. you honestly yes. could not tell the difference and that is that like yeah. you're like you have to pay some respect to that level of yeah. skill even just the flamboyancy of it is something like how did you even come up with that you yeah, know it's yeah. an art yeah it's definitely an art form definitely an art form that should yeah deserve more respect and i think uh, the more other artists start like big upping these these things and people will take notice more often right Sure. The, the one thing that I got laughing at was uh, I remember I was having my wisdom teeth taken out and I went to, obviously it, I live in Canada. So if you want a wisdom tooth taken out, it's like a thousand dollars per tooth. So I was like, I'm dead serious. If you don't have wow. dental, it's, it's expensive as fuck to get your wisdom oh, teeth taken out. Wow. I got full benefits. So I never had a Buddy. problem. With my God. Wow. It's crazy. I didn't know it was that expensive. Dude, dentistry is a racket if you don't have insurance. <laughs> but 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 they limit how much they can charge you. They're not uh, allowed. So if it's a thousand, let's say it's a thousand dollars a tooth. If you went to three different dentists, it'd be the exact same price. Yeah, yeah for sure. Nobody for sure. can give it to you for cheaper, and nobody yeah. can give it to you for more expensive. They would all charge they're you regulated. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're regulated. They're all That's on the same page of screwing everyone over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like a thousand, a thousand. Yeah, we're all gonna get rich. <laughs> my wisdom teeth grew in straight. That's nice. why I never You're have lucky. to get my. Mine well, my teeth are crooked, sprouting. which I didn't understand. Oh. My teeth are crooked, but my wisdom teeth grew in straight. So my dentist was like, "You're never gonna." Smart. 
who knows? But yeah, so you got it taken out. It was <laughs> yeah, a yeah. So I, I didn't do that. I was like, I'm not going to pay a thousand dollars a tooth. I ended up finding um, they're like established dentists, but they want to add um, wisdom teeth extraction to their like repertoire of what they can do. So mm. they would hold these like clinics essentially where they would teach these established dentists how to do it properly so that they could take that skill now back to their practice. Right. Um, and then start charging people for it. So all of the people that had it done were just like test patients. So we didn't pay anything. I didn't pay a dime to get them taken Absolutely. out. It was good. But the funny thing I noticed was most people like uh, got gas to like, you know, just knock them out. And I was like, just freeze the area and take them out. I don't want to be like out cold. Um, I'm fine being awake and having people like, you know, doing shit in my mouth. So I'm awake and I'm listening to these dentists having a conversation and I was blown away at how much it sounded like stand-up comics. They were talking about like how one day they can't wait to open their own practice. And, you know, they just going to do a few more of these little like uh, clinic runs. And it's, it's like, this was yeah. their open mic essentially. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were practicing yeah. for that accuracy so that they could add that skill yeah. to the thing. I'm like, damn, everyone is just trying to acquire skills. That's what all this life seems to be like. Just acquire as many skills as you possibly can. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Oh, you <laughs> it lagged there and then you went super fast for a second. So I missed what you said. <laughs> it's all good. I was just saying that they wouldn't consider themselves artists. But when you listen yeah. to them, like, yo, you guys are artists with this shit. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's, it's, you're yeah. like, no, this isn't art, guys. Like, not everyone could just, you know, go in and make teeth look beautiful. Especially orthodontists. Orthodontists, that is like magic work. Those people take like crowded teeth and then just figure out, oh, if I put a line across here, space this out, do step after step, then it's like a perfect yeah. smile. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah, interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I want to ask you too, so uh, how long have you been doing uh, stand-up comedy now? It'll be 20 years in March. 20 years, congratulations. And uh, this album that you've put out, is it first how many how many have you had out before this my internet connection is first album. right now first album hell yeah man yes. not, not bad to come up with first yeah, album yeah. Nice concept I, I, well, album. The, no but the whole thing is the whole thing is i i got like i got like maybe 40 hours of original material that's not a problem i can mm -hmm. put out an album every yeah every course. month i got material I just wanted to do it right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not just because, listen, Spotify is basically turning into YouTube at this point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just didn't want to just put it out and just be the next thing. I wanted to do something that was uh, uh, reflective of me and my style of comedy. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like just telling the jokes is really nothing. You know, it, 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 it kind of, even listening to my album, if you listen to three comedy albums, listening to my albums is going to break up the monotony of just listening to albums. You're going to remember comedy the albums. different ones. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, even if you even if you put your album on shuffle mode, it's like you're going to be entertained because you're going to hit some track on there that's going to either make you laugh or going to make you vibe. Like, what uh, what what was your favorite yeah. part of uh, putting this whole album together? Just getting it done. Completing it. Yeah, getting it out there. Uh, I don't know. I, I liked, I, I don't know. I'd say, I, I just got to say completely. I think the favorite part is the people because the album streamed and it, it hit uh, number one on three different platforms at one point. And uh, I always remember my uncle, my uncle is a, uh, a reggae uh, producer. Um, uh, he's, he's done a lot for reggae in Jamaica. And he always told me, he said, you'd be shocked at how far music travels. I was like, really? Because I remember one time he told me he was out in Germany holding a reggae dance. And I'm like, in Germany? And he's like, show me the video. He's like, your music travels. A lot of people don't know. And to have people hit me from around the world in the DMs on Instagram, mainly on Instagram, uh, just saying, yo, I love this album. And I'm like, I don't even know where you are. You know what I mean? And they're in like, all these Denmark crazy or something crazy. World. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, why are you really feeling it? And, uh, you know, people taking in the videos all of a sudden. So I remember, you know, looking at like some of the analytics and I'm like, why do I have views, you know, in Australia? Why, why would I have views on this 
on this video, but it's because the album had spread there and the people took in the videos and all of that. So and it's all about the I think that's my too. favorite part. My favorite part is to see how far it spreads, definitely. That is the cool thing for artists too, is the getting the, I'm just showing off some of the videos that you got here up on your YouTube page. Mm -hmm. Is this the main Thanks. spot that you want people to go to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll make sure to link all of this, uh, all of these links down in the description below too, if you're just listening to sure. us on uh, Spotify or, or Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yes. No problem, man. I love, I love promoting mm -hmm. other people's works. One of my favorite things to do. I love shouting people out because I think we need to do more of that. But like seeing the analytics and seeing the, the various countries where people are tuning into, you kind of, it does make you go like, oh shit, there is a, there is a purpose to this. There is somebody out there that wants to, to hear this because we get so wrapped up. And I think in our, our local community of uh, other artists, if you will, that we like kind of we can we can often put ourselves down or we can um, think that we're not going as far as we should be or comparing mm -hmm. ourselves too much or you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was there ever a point um because i know for me personally like i i hit a point where i just was like eh, i just gotta not give a shit what anyone thinks did you ever have mm -hmm. a, a point like that in your career um where like people are trying to give you advice and you're just like you know what i gotta just do my own thing uh <laughs> uh i've had a lot of that <laughs> a lot of bad advice a lot of it uh but it's fair to say that um you know first things first anybody doling out advice to anybody who didn't ask is extremely rude <laughs> um it's just so condescending and disrespectful you know here's what you and gotta do i love that <laughs> it's like getting a wad of cash and they're like you know what you should do you should put that in the bank as if i wasn't going you, you don't yeah. know anything at least inquire for me to show I don't know something and then you give me some advice. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of that. And everyone, you know, kind of has, you know, their, uh, their hand in the pot, especially when you're hot. You know, they're really interested in, uh, you know, being some sort of guide or assistance to your journey, uh, especially if you're going a place that they, they want to go or wish they were at or was at one point or knows they'll get more attention once you're there. So, you know, they have they have an ulterior motive for the most part. Um, I also barely even listen to podcasts, like literally rarely listen to them. I probably get a couple of clips of Rogan here and there, but I don't listen to podcasts because I think it adds to me caring about what other people think, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people are sitting there talking about, I know that's anticlimactic or uh, counterproductive based on the fact that I'm on technical <laughs> but realistically I just I don't listen to podcasts no, everybody comments. has their own thing right? their comments were like yo man I got this podcast check it out I'm not listening to your fucking podcast you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying yeah really I'm dog there's like 30 podcasts I got to take in a day yeah yeah so yeah. I can't care about what you say you know what I'm saying I'm into fashion I'm into what I like skateboarding BMXing doing stand-up I do my own thing and at the end of the day, if you look at the comment sections of any of those things on any of those videos, there's somebody denouncing it. So yes, it, it was a developing thing, but over time I had to realize, you know, I just can't care. You know, I remember one time I did a show and somebody had a comment about a specific joke that I did. And I, I, I walked away from it, I was really upset, but I also remember watching the video after because I record pretty much every show and I had blown the room apart. You know, and here I was, you know, spending time actually dwelling on the fact that this guy had told me, you know, on that joke, you know, and that guy bombed. Yeah. So it was it was super interesting, but it, it was a it was a developing thing, not giving a fuck. It just took some time. Uh, there wasn't any specific moment. I remember that specific moment, but it wasn't any specific moment. Uh, but it's not like uh, it clicked right it was, then. You were just like. All of these things. Stacked work, on top of I'll tell you this. I work on it every day. Yeah. I work on not giving a fuck every day. <laughs> isn't that every a funny? Isn't that a funny sentence to say? You know, I work on not caring. Like, and it's true. It it is a, it is a work yeah. because your knee jerk reaction is to care what people think, and it's it's a very Absolutely. hard thing to fight. Like it's um it's tribal almost. Like we we want to be like loved by the people around us. And we want them to be like always engaged with what we're doing. But like, we have to realize at the end of the day, like you said, 
There's so much shit out there. Everyone is going to have their own independent interest. I don't tell anyone to listen to my podcast. It doesn't want to And now it's accessible. And that's yeah. the thing. They yeah, can exactly. write comments on it. They can say, yo, I grew up in the 80s, man. Like you can watch TV and be like, that show sucks. Yeah. No one's going to fucking hear you ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now yeah. you can tweet it. You can put it on Instagram. You can and that doesn't TikTok mean it's right. video that you hate it. You can do whatever you want about this particular thing. Right. Yeah. So that's part of it. So, but that's why I kind of, I work on it every day because there's new, there's new ways for people to uh, um, uh, impose their opinion every single yeah. day. There's yeah. also like the positive feedback loop as well, which can be like equally as bad where just you're only yeah. listening to the people that are telling you you're awesome. And then the and second you get an humbled, echo chamber, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. you get humbled and then you're like, you feel like shit. You're just like, God damn. Because I remember yeah. before, um, I remember I was just like, I was stuck in that positive loop where I had created that echo chamber for myself, where I was just all up in my own shit. And I got, <laughs> I think I was at Yuck Yucks and I turned to the, one of the comics beside me. And this is just so douchey to say, but I, I'm, I've always been honest with my own audience, but I was like, I'm about to like kill this room. Like, just get ready, which is like famous last words. <laughs> the second thing, it's like when a drug dealer says, I'll never get caught. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah you're about yeah, to get arrested tomorrow sir yeah that's the one that's the one yeah the second a comedian goes i'm about to set this room on fire bomb yeah. they're gonna bomb I, I <laughs> the only fire coming i've heard about those ones yeah so it's a, it's a little bit of both yeah. you know and then trying to be honest with yourself i think that's the number one thing Huge. um i went through so i went through some trials uh yeah, I'd say about uh, 10, 10, 12 years ago. And uh, that really helped me to understand how to be honest with myself. And being honest with myself is everything. And that was that that's kind of what guides me through everything um, in everything that I do from, you know, dating to uh, working on a comedy, uh, which is pretty much all I really do now that I think of it. Mm. Uh, it's, it's about or even anything, even just in terms of exercise, in terms of you know, my free time and what I'm doing, you know, I, I'm honest with myself. And, and again, I had to work on it and I still continue to work on it every day, continuing to be honest with myself and understanding things. It helps me get a better outlook, right? Being honest with yourself is also going to be able to tell you, Hey, you know, you can't do this. Stop fucking lying to yourself. Yeah. 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 Right. Or, you know, you should do this. Stop fucking lying to yourself. Right. So, uh, there's a little bit of both and, yes. uh, that helps that, that battle helps. of you can be you around like-minded people. If you can be around like-minded people that are honest with themselves and can be honest with you, you know, it helps. It helps reduce the idea of the echo chamber. That's a really key is the people that you surround yourself with. When we're younger, we just surround ourselves with, I think, people that, um, I don't know, like it's usually circumstantial, whether you went to like school with them or you work with them and you, you just become friends with those people based off of like little silly common interests that you have. And then as you get older, you realize that like the importance of the people that you surround yourself with, like if you're with four idiots, you're the fifth, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you really need to be careful with like who these people are and, and the idea of, you know, not being the smartest person in the room is probably the best right. thing. Right. 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 Absolutely everything you're saying completely yeah. bang on yes absolutely. <laughs> i loved um always like just trying to be around comics that were like like yourself like seasoned comics that knew what the fuck they were doing on stage just to just to be around that kind of energy and and expertise and i always appreciated your warmth too uh you know bringing me up on stage out in mississauga i remember that show of just giving me a a huge huge uh intro and i was like oh it made me feel good that was a good intro and then went up and, and yeah. had a good set because because yeah. it was that like friendly intro where it was like yeah yeah big up me and then here we go instead you get so many shows where it's just terrible terrible ways they bring you on stage yeah so i, I learned um I learned a lot of, I learned hosting from a few different people. Um, one was Mark Breslin and the other one was, a, I remember a guy named Peter Anthony and uh, I learned hosting from them. And I remember my first weekend hosting at Yuck Yucks. Uh, uh, Christ, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I guess 2004, Damn, 2005, dude. around there. Nice. Uh, but anyway, uh, I remember my first weekend hosting at Yucks. Uh, it was like Friday night or Saturday night, one or the other. 
And, uh, you know, I got up there and I'm doing my material or whatever, and I'm just doing okay. And, uh, but well below my standard. And I remember Mark was there, he was watching and he said, you know what, Quinn, I want you to try something for me. And I was like, what's that? He goes, I don't want you to do any material. I was like, what, are you kidding me? Because <laughs> we clutch, we hang on to, that's our, that's our crack, right? I arm myself with material before I get on stage. And uh, he goes, yeah, I think you're forgetting something. You're the host and you're not a comedian on the show. Excuse me? Uh, yeah, you're not a comedian on the show. You're presenting the show. So I don't want you to do any material. And that changed the game for me because that second show, I blew the room apart. I was just like, why didn't I think of this? And he goes, well, this is what it is. You know, material is what you glue yourself to. You love your material, you hang on to it. Stage, material, they go hand in hand but not when you're hosting, when you're hosting, you have a different, you got a different aspect. You got to show the people here that this is the best show they're going to see. And you have to big that up. And I learned that from Peter Anthony, who was like, listen, uh, because when, <laughs> when Mark taught me that a lot of the other shows I had hosted after that, um, I would do way better than the show. Mm. And there were comics that hated it. You know, they didn't, it was great because everyone's laughing, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't, them and it became a reverse show it's kind of like watching tv and saying to yourself oh great the commercials are on yeah yeah you know, yeah you'd never say that you're like no i want to watch the show the commercials yeah. are on i'm gonna go whatever yeah but yeah, yeah. Opposite. when the host was getting back on people would be like yo the host is getting back on and they weren't excited for the show they go for a smoke when the, when the act comes on 100 percent. that was always the end. best tell and it was Peter Anthony that said to me, he uh -huh. said, no, Quinn, what you have to do is you have to channel that energy to everybody on the show. Mm. And I was like, I mean, I can't just bask in it. And he's like, <laughs> no, you can't. Um, and that changed the game for me. Those are, those are the two people and two moments that I credit hosting to. Uh, and that's why I think I developed as a host. Uh, th those, are, those are two big reasons as to why I developed as a host. But um, I remember Peter saying that. So he had to say, yo, if you're, are you having a good time? And people are always going to say they're having a good time when I say it and I'm doing good on stage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then if you love me, you're really going to love this next guy. I look up to him. This guy is so incredible. He's one of my favorites. You have to say that. And then that energy goes, well, I already trust the host. Yeah. I'll trust this guy. Exactly. Or it just carries girl. right over. You yeah. get what I'm saying. So that was where I learned it from, really. So, you know. No, man, that, that's incredible advice, too, to just, like, break away from the material. I, I found that, um, well, like, the hard way of, like, I started hosting weddings. And yeah. so, like, I'm not going to be, it's a wedding. Like, they don't want to hear my dick joke. And, like, they don't no. want to hear, they don't want to hear any of that shit. They just want me to be engaging with them, right? Like, they yeah. just want yeah. me to be pointing stuff out that's happening in the room and telling them what's coming up next. And, hey, look over here. And this is what we're going to be doing. And, and really just building that that muscle is uh so hugely important if you're a stand-up comedian absolutely i don't know how many comedians are listening to this but if you are there's some free advice for you most likely not <laughs> most likely not. <laughs> they'll get in your who DMs. knows who knows maybe an up-and-comer podcast again <laughs> uh but yeah but it um yeah that was that was a huge one for me that one was it changed the game because you could take that anywhere you know there's somebody in the audience who's wearing a stupid hat because they're getting married next weekend and this is their bachelorette or this is their bachelor yeah. part or whatever you have to say something about that there are people who came from out of town there are people who are purposely sitting in the front row like say something to me yeah right? yeah there's those those tensions we're the person want it. the host is supposed to say it not the comedian the comedians they're presenting his jokes you know what i'm saying so it's a little bit it was it's a lot of fun I like hosting as much as I love doing stand-up. Yeah. I, I credit you too on that show for um, like pushing me out of my comfort zone as well, because I think you were like, I think you said, do, I think at the beginning you said, do, you're like, do seven minutes, maybe like eight minutes if you got it. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was one of the last acts. And uh, yeah, I think I might've been the last one. And then you went on and then did like a kind of closing set because it was your show, right? You're, you're doing a closing set out of it. Right, I'll yeah. never forget. I timed, I timed my set. So I knew that I was like, all right, last joke's coming up. I did the closer and I'm looking for Quinn to come back to the stage. And I see you at the bar and you do this. <laughs> for people listening, you gave me the, just keep going. <laughs> and I was like, just keep going. Quinn, I'm out of jokes. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, what do you mean? Just keep going. These are the <laughs> jokes I wanted to practice. <laughs> and then I ended up going for another eight minutes or whatever it was. Like it was just of just yeah. whatever I could and think you did of. really well too. Whatever you did I really could well think of. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I would argue that the last half was better than the first half. Yeah. You gotta be always have to be overprepared anyway. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time that you show up and they're like, listen, so-and-so couldn't make it. So can you do extra time? Oh yeah, sure. You know, or yeah, that always feels yeah. good when you're able to say, sometimes you're killing it. Sometimes you're killing it. And someone's just like, just let them go. We need mm. this. Right? <laughs> we need the joy right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, especially because I'll shadow Fatty too. Fatty, like we smoked a yeah. blunt right before the show and he, <laughs> he turns to me and he goes, I'm really high, Johnny. I hope I'm not up first. And then you just pop over, you're like, Fatty, you're up. <laughs> he was like, Fatty, was, Fatty was super rookie them times. So I had to put the rookie, yeah, rookies yeah. go on first. Rookies yeah. go up first. They got to eat yeah. that bullet. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way you learn. I used to take yeah. that willingly. Like people would be like, all right, like, does anyone want to go first? And everyone's like trying to, like, they're looking at the ceiling and they're looking at their phone and they're not really like, I'm like, I'll go. I would just go. I'm like, put me first. The spot is always there. Spot is a spot. The, spot it's never, the first spot is always there. First. I remember I was in Orlando and I was doing the improv out there. And I remember I was going on first. I was I was obviously rookie, but I had already been doing it uh, 15 years. So nobody had seen me. So the natural assumption is, well, I've never seen him. So he's never done it. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, so you're on first. I'm like, no problem. <laughs> I buried him. Like a motherfucker, man. And I remember, I remember the host, he was sunning me too. He came to me, he's like, hey man, so you're going on first. Just so you know, there's light, it's like right there. The light comes on. You gotta get off stage. You don't want to be going out here. You got a minute and then you gotta Listen, get off. Audience is out there. Don't be too nervous. Okay. They're, they're there to see you. Okay. They just want to laugh. Okay, just do your jokes. Get through them. Do them in their <laughs> underwear. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, mm-hmm, "Yeah, that's a good one. Thank you so much." I pre- what are you gonna say? Hey, man, yeah, I've yeah, been doing yeah. it for a long time. Fuck yeah, out don't. Of that's the best. It's not keeping that shit secret. I'm just like, "That's cool, man. Yeah. Thank you so much." He didn't say another word to me the rest of that weekend. Yeah. And then they moved me. No advice. And they moved me to just before the headline. Hell yeah! <laughs> right after the show, like, yeah. Hey, uh, I have you on just before the headliner for the rest of the weekend. I'm like, yeah, cool. No problem. Actually, you tell the headliner, go home. He's staying all weekend. He didn't say a word. The host didn't say a word to me for the absolute rest of the evening. It was it was hilarious. So, I love that shit yeah. so much. I was like, I did um, and when I popped over to Chicago to do some shows there. And just mm-hmm. it, it, it is that fun experience of like, oh, none of these people know who I am. Like None of these people have seen me do comedy once. You know what I mean? So I could like pull out an old joke that's just like a banger that I know will just like blow up the room. And it's just, yeah, it's such a good feeling to have those like little seek to be the secret weapon in the room. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I then just keeping it. that low key until you hit that stage. is just man, so much fun. Yeah, man. Um, once things, <laughs> look, once things get back to hmm, some somewhat normal, um, whatever that looks like in the future. Yeah. Uh, are, are you excited to like perhaps do like a combined performance where you do stand up and then you have interludes with like hip hop or is it just the album concept? Is that what you're going for? I think it's just the album concept, to be honest with you. Um, I'm getting great reviews on the music. People love it. Uh, yeah, I would say I, do a separate album, just music, man. I don't know if I will. Uh, I got, <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, I got, I got some DJs in New York that played it a couple of times, and it was just something completely different for them. They really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a possibility. I don't even know yet, but uh, but I am working on the second album, so uh, that's that's pretty much what's happening. So nice, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, keep pumping out the albums. That's the best thing that you can do, right? Is just sure. The, the, the longest part of the process is shooting the videos because I shot yeah. nine. Of them. That's so every crazy. video, that, every song that's on the album, there's a video for it. So uh, I haven't even released all of them, the videos actually. But uh, yeah, I've done that. So that's kind of the hardest part. But yeah, everything else is great. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, hit me up because YouTube is my game, so I can show you some uh, back end optimization stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
can use that. Yeah, you know, I know I'll, I'll send you some links after this of like what what to look for. There's some amazing tools now with with YouTube to go even deeper than just the bare analytics that they give you and yeah. um, ways that you can like use those tags to your advantage as well. And like just simple, simple things that like a lot, not a lot of people pick up on. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting to see like the, the way that comedians have been moving throughout this pandemic of like who, who's doing what to, to stay like on top of their game. Like I've been really, really interested in like this VR, like stand-up comedy. I keep seeing it popping up everywhere. And to me, I'm like, this is the future. This is the future of like, there will for sure be like in-person stand-up comedy shows, but I keep thinking like, there's going to be at every comedy club, there should be like a camera in the middle of the audience. And if you're in Delaware or if you're in Australia and you want to go watch a show at the comedy store, pop on your VR headset. You're right there in the second row. Pay the money. Pay the money. On. You're there. Yeah. And then you're think there. about that for comedians. You can charge however many people you can fit in the room. And then however many people want to watch from that one spot, you're recharging yeah. that one spot over and over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. Whether it's like yeah. a $5 fee like, or whatever it is. And it's like streaming your shows right now. Like you yeah. can just say, yeah, I'm going to stream the show live on YouTube while I do it. And people will pay for the link or on Zoom or whatever. It's genius. Right? It's definitely going to change the game for that, man. Yeah. It's an exciting time <laughs> to be an artist, right? Like I don't it think we never before were we able to like put out content like this. Like think about yeah. the steps that it would have taken for you to like create what those beats album? Oh, put an album and, and then yeah. put it out you need a manager and some shit and licensing and, uh, uh, yeah it's never yeah. been more accessible it's everything now it's yeah. everywhere like so spotify is basically turning into youtube for small costs so you can just put your album up there you know yeah, man. Are you using like, um, this is like real inside baseball for people listening, but are you using like CD Baby to put up the album or did you use, um, what's the other one called? I use DistroKid. DistroKid. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I use um, um, the CD Baby, there's DistroKid, there's um, TuneCore was the other one that was thinking of. Another yeah, one. Yeah. There's a few of them. Yeah, there's a few of them. Mm -hmm. I'm, I remember like, because I, I kept being like, how are these people putting stuff out on spot not not how but like what's the steps like what's the process because i'm like there's people that i know that are putting stuff out on you know apple and and, and spotify a long time ago that i was like okay that makes sense because maybe they have a management and maybe the management's doing that for them and yada 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 and i never really understood the process of that and then i remember watching like uh i think it was you know russ the rapper so he he was doing yeah, like he gives away the game. He's Dude, like, he just gives that shit away. He just gives away the game. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, here's he what I did. <laughs> yeah. He just mentioned it offhand on like an IG live. He was like, yeah, so I upload this shit to TuneCore. And I was like, TuneCore, what's TuneCore? And then I Googled it and I was like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, there's full on like distribution services that'll just do this for you. And to be fair, uh, uh, companies like Apple, they only go through the distribution services because they don't want it to turn into youtube so mm. so it's like you they know add that extra four step. major record labels are working with apple and DistroKid, right uh, and yeah, TuneCore, yeah. whatever in order to get all the other people you understand as opposed to us individually putting them up there because then it turns into a free-for-all yeah. right and then their and whole service is just clouded with everything exactly. Yeah, how much shit is on there, and it's super trash. And I'll pay some money if you're gonna put your super trash on my platform. Yeah, <laughs> that's Better. fair enough, you know. Yeah, realistic. Um, another question. I'm mean, kind of touched on it a bit earlier, but a question I love mm -hmm. asking people is, uh, "What's the worst piece of advice that you've ever received?" <laughs> uh, wow. The worst piece of advice I ever received. It's hard to remember because like I've I've trained myself to block it out. Mm, I get that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's hard to remember. I don't know, man. I, I think in general for me, I'm very honest with myself. I record my shows. I watch them. And I will say, hey, this was shit. This was really good. That needs work. I'm very objective with my own stuff. So 
almost any advice is bad advice. It's bad as is bad advice because I know I'm gonna take myself, hold myself accountable. Yeah, yeah. Like you already know yourself well enough that you're like, I already know I'm gonna say this has to be worked on, changed, whatever. So when it comes from somebody else, I don't know, like bad advice. I don't know. I, I I do remember that one time this guy was like, he had a problem with my joke. And wanted you to change the joke, which yeah. is like, don't so do that. Dude, no, the joke was ripping. It wasn't even a, it was. You remember crazy. what the joke was? I remember exactly what the joke was. The joke was I went to the fucking, these people at the bank, you go in there, you want to do something and they make an orchestra out of it. Like, I'm just trying to do this. Like, why is this difficult? Hey, walk in the bank. I'm like, hey, what's up? I just want to deposit this check into my account. Oh, well, just so you know, you can use the machine to do that. Well, thanks, bitch. Uh, you can put the machine behind the goddamn counter and go to fuck home. In fact, I'm going to put a sticker on the machine outside that says you can, <laughs> you can use the lazy ass bitch inside and sign it. And that was the joke. And I remember he had a problem with me using bitch. Oh, and I was, like, I was like, why? I remember saying, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you know, you don't have to call her a bitch. Cause you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm taking myself there in your joke, I don't know if you're really saying that. I'm like, well, I'm not really saying that. That's the joke, right? Who would <laughs> say that? That's the, the crazy mentality. part of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the mentality. I'm thinking all of this. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, do you yeah. think rappers are here calling women bitches everywhere they fucking go? It's a mentality. It's something yeah, I'm yeah. thinking. And I'm thinking yeah. it's really rude that you're saying this. You're behind the counter. Do your fucking job. Yeah. But yeah. the room, every single time I did that joke, I get an applause break. Because there that's what people are thinking. Everybody thought it. They're just like, yeah, why did they always say you could use the machine to do that? Yeah, yeah but I'm here now. Yeah, well, you if I do use a machine, I have to wait three to five business days. Jesus. There's somebody <laughs> at the machine. There's four yeah, people yeah. ahead of me at the fucking machine right now, you know? Uh, and uh and i remember he didn't like it and i was just like all right man like i ain't gonna stop doing a joke yeah, and then he went yeah. on after me and bombed and i remember just sit, I, he didn't talk to me i just stared at him i was just like <laughs> you want some help with your jokes <laughs> he, he never said another word. not only did he not it he wish i left but <laughs> i watched that tanking i watched it so i mean you're like let me learn from the master <laughs> I, I I can't say I took anybody's advice. Yeah, I really, no, I get that. I from an early stage, I wasn't hearing it because mm. I was just I know when I'm doing bad. I'm not. It's hard to come across comics that know their shit. Mm. Okay, everyone's good at this. Anybody who does this for longer than fucking two months thinks they have some kind it. of skill or whatever at it. Yeah. Okay, and let's be honest, there's some really shitty comics. There's also some really great ones. The ones that are really shitty aren't going to, they don't know it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. a lot of them aren't being, a, they're not being honest with themselves about what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, realistically, if you're a person who's constantly trying to evolve and improve and get better, then somebody's advice won't really mean anything to you because you know you're trying to do better. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're not. 290 pounds going to the gym for a year and still 290 pounds yeah right yeah, no. the person's 290 pounds and is going to the gym for a year and they get down to 190 are saying to themselves you know what i'm on the right path so your advice isn't going to mean anything to me i am trying to improve and i have you know the proof to show that i'm doing it yeah because you have to be on the right path in your own mind right you with can't comedy just, being an art yeah it's it goes a back to accuracy to progress it goes back it, it, it it's hard to be accurate with your art if you're only following the advice of others who are not in your mind there you go. They don't know what's going on in there somebody could tell you to eat healthy and exercise every day but that doesn't mean that they're going to be beside you at midnight when you get that craving to eat the chocolate cake in the fridge 100 you have to be the one that's like no that's bad to do that yeah. yeah so i mean i get it yeah a lot of comics they don't you know if if they're there and they're trying to improve you know then at least for me personally i was always trying to get better mm. you know never enough laughs it wasn't 
you want that per minute. I always wanted it to be better. Just that simple. I want it to be better. That's all it was. And, you know, I never thought for myself, hey, I got this. I never (laughs) thought to myself. You can't. I think I figured this out. out. You know, I never, I (laughs) never did that. You know, it was never, I figured it out. It was a constant trying to figure it out. So, you know, but a lot of other comics, you know, and you talk to comics who've been doing it for, I'll say under four years, maybe under five years. And a lot of them think they just have it all figured out. Yeah. And you watch them on stage and you're like, all right, if you hit that level and you think you've all figured it, you figured it all out. You're not going to improve. You're just going to keep chasing your tail, basically. Staying in the same position. The the best at anything continue to try to get better continually throughout their time of doing it. And there's also... uh... There's, there's this dissatisfaction, like you, you can't be like you just said, like satisfied with, with just where you're at, right? Like you're always trying to improve and, and get better, but you also, I think, have to be very careful with that self-talk. Like there's a difference between um, saying that we need to get better and saying you're not good enough. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. You have to Absolutely. be careful with balancing that. Absolutely. You are good Absolutely. enough, but there is room for improvement absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a uh, uh i learned that from jimmy johnson you know that was uh his way of speaking you know who jimmy johnson is no no jimmy johnson is the uh he was the head coach of the dallas cowboys when they had uh, emmett smith and troy aikman and mm. michael irvin i know you know michael irvin yeah anyway they were winning all those super bowls i think they took three with uh with uh jimmy johnson uh jimmy johnson's way of coaching was he was literally that so if you had to kick a field goal he'd say hey make this as opposed to hey don't miss yeah yeah right there's a completely different language there's so much pressure in don't miss get what i'm saying don't miss and as opposed Uh, to hey make this make this you're gonna make a different game yeah yeah right so again it's like constantly trying to improve and it's just you know there there are comics that aren't not they're not trying to improve because they mm-hmm. think they figured it out and when they start feeling that way is when there's new comics and they're shittier than them right well yep. i have seniority now i've been doing this two years that person's brand new they've been doing it two months right so now i'm the established that, that person's got to work on it yeah i'm yeah. good yeah 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 i've been no, around but hey do your thing that's fine with me i know i'm over here always trying to improve you yeah. know what i mean so you know and, and i still relish and i still uh i still relish in the times that i'm doing really well and and the good things that have come from it and and you know but again you know there's room for improvement you know um the album itself i i there's no misses on that album it's all hits that Man, is a straight through that album, album. Yeah. start to finish Anybody who has heard it has been hitting me up and saying, listen, I listened to your album right through and none of it is easy soft. listening. Yeah, it's a hundred percent a banger. Every single I had a guy the other day just tell me, yo, just riding home, had my girl with me in the car. It was about a half an hour drive and we just listened to the jokes mm-hmm. and we were crying. <laughs> and he told me the very next morning he's listening to the music heading into work and where he work at a barbershop and he's having conversations with his homies and saying, yo, a lot of the content they were talking about was the stuff that was in the music, right? Mm-hmm. And the stuff that we're talking about was the stuff that was in the jokes. And I think the next album is going to be better than the next one. So, oh, or yeah, the one. so it's just, a, a you know, there's always... I well, think this one is one to be proud of, though, man. Like it's, 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 100%. It's, you can just go right through it. Like it 100%. I, I'm urging you right now. You're on Spotify already. Go listen to it. I, I feel like every album, I just feel like everything I do, even every joke, I'm always just trying to top it because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just, I'll do a joke and it's, it's killer. And I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. And sometimes I even get down on myself. I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I could ever write a better joke. Ah, I, guess that's, I hate that feeling. Or you, or you get the feeling that. of how did I write that? <laughs> You're like, how, yeah, how did I come up yeah, with like, a, yeah. It's, a, it's right. just an inspiration thing. Another thing I want to ask you, though, is um, what's something that um, people seem to misunderstand about you? Have you ever gotten that? Because I know a oh, lot I get, of people... I, get, like, I got a lot of misunderstanding, that's for of course. sure. Um, I don't know. Um, I guess because... I guess because... 
I don't know, to, to some people, I come off as intimidating. Um, because if you see the way I move, you know, I show up at the mic, I say what's up to who I have to speak with, whether it be the producer, the host, whatever it is. And I'm usually just kind of chilling by myself with my jokes and going over it. I'm not the person who's there to make friends. Um, I'm there, my focus is the stage and then I can, I can converse after, but my focus is the stage. Um, so I think some people think that that's really standoffish or it's yeah, rude of me, that. but I'm locked in and that's all it is. You know, I'm <laughs> you know, just the other night, John Morant, you know, he, he hit that shot at the end of the game and he just walked off the court and the kid was holding his hand out for him to slap it. And John Morant just walked right by him and he addressed it. He said, man, I was just locked in. And if anything, that kid should have been wearing a John Morant jersey. <laughs> I didn't shake his hand because he was probably maybe because I saw the Golden State. Yeah, but yeah. he should have been wearing it. He should have been wearing the Grizzlies jersey. But he just said I was locked in, and so a lot of times I'm locked in, and with me being locked in, I'm just I'm not really focused on the pleasantries. So it could be easily uh, misunderstood as you being standoffish when really being you're an just, asshole. Yeah, or, yeah being an yeah, asshole. Like, but you're just focused on know. what you got to do. And if anybody knows me, and anybody has known me or gotten close to me or understood me, they know. So like, all right. like that at all 100 absolutely absolutely nothing you're not gonna find anybody that you know i did something to or was hurting or did anything disrespectful to or anything i was i was never never even like that with anybody so mm. i think i think that's a that's a common misunderstanding and and another thing is that i just technically do my own thing so i'm not constantly trying to get involved and be around everything and have my hand in every pot i just try to do my own thing mm -hmm. and create myself because i can depend on myself right yeah you have three four different people it's 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 like it's like going to the gym some people say i'm gonna start going to the gym me and tammy we're gonna start going to the gym together you know well when tammy starts saying i don't want to go today i'm not really feeling it tonight hey you know the bachelor's on i'm not going then you might not go because the plan was for you and them to go together Mm -hmm. But if you find the motivation to go alone, then it don't matter whether or not Tammy comes. That's you part of your saying? routine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so for me, it has always been, I have to be self-motivated because I am alone. I don't have a clique, a crew, a bag of people to work with. And that kind of stuff will come later or it'll come with the fact that I'm doing the work. Um, so for me, because I'm not so um, entrenched in the idea of, making all these alliances yeah. you know for me it's more i want to get on stage and be the best and so that that starts for me um i think you saw you might have saw recently there was like a, a it was a tweet or maybe a blurb or something that uh, it was chris rock being quoted when he said you know um uh your car breaks down and people just drive right by you right but once i got out to start to try to push my car people would pull over and get out and try to help mm -hmm. so people help me when they see me trying to help myself you know what i mean but again it starts with you so that's yeah me, that's huge the same thing it starts with me i have to do you know have my own motivation to do my own thing and then you know whatever else comes with it so be it yeah, yeah and people like i said people see that and then they're they come in like I see you working on the album. I'm like, yeah, man, you want to come on the podcast? Like, <laughs> I would love to hang yeah, out well, and talk to you about that. Yeah, I know everybody's yeah, busy, but I'm like, hit me up whenever you got time. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So I, for me, it's just more about you know working on uh, my own thing, and I think that that be, that creates a bit of a misconception because yeah, I'm here to work and do my thing, and and if you're not taking it as seriously as I am, we're probably not going to get along. You know, I agree more. I, man. I, do, I do comedy full time, right? So. Yeah, I have to take this seriously. And if you're just out here talking about jerking off and, and, you know, all these profane, silly things that will never do anything, you know, just we're, most likely, time. we're most likely not going to be working together or getting along because yeah. that's going to. There's know, just I no common the, interest like, there. Yeah. yeah. Not, nothing, the, not, not the same things are at stake. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, exactly exactly yes those same things are yeah mm -hmm. um another thing that i love asking and i'll just um wrap it up here um but if you could make a phone call 
to 15-year-old Quinn? What would you tell him? It doesn't matter. I wouldn't have listened to anybody. Even if you knew it was you? Nope. At that age, you were just like, no, I'm not going to listen to anybody, even if it's me from the future. I never entertain it. The reason why I never entertain it is because... Going back to the advice? There's a a thousand movie premises about this, but the reason why I never entertain it is because realistically, if you were to live your life again, you'd most likely do the exact same thing. Yeah, it's true. if you knew the outcomes, you would change things. Sure, yeah. You might yeah. pick different lottery numbers. <laughs> you might travel here at this time or whatever. You know, there are things that we missed out on. You know, I remember missing out on a a, a Wu Tang concert once for a girl. If I went back in time, I wouldn't yeah, have done that for a fucking girl because we don't talk anymore. <laughs> you would have been like, go to that goddamn Wu Tang concert. <laughs> uh, but realistically, yeah. at that time, you'd probably just do the same thing. Yeah. So I wasn't really listening to anybody and I was a bonehead or a knucklehead or whatever you want to call me. And, and I wasn't listening to anybody and I wasn't necessarily making the best decisions at 15. I wasn't so bad. It got worse when I was older because, you know, I was 21 years old making $150,000 a year, you know? So, you know, I I was wild. You know what I mean? I was, I was doing some crazy What I would say, all I'm saying is what I would say would not be heard. Mm-hmm. What would you there say, are, though, even if you knew it wouldn't be heard? There's even value, if you knew it wouldn't be heard. I would tell myself that there's value in people. And let them exit. Don't exit them. Mm. Uh, so... Okay, so I've been, I've had a lot of experiences, right? Um, but there, there are a lot of really good people um, that I miss in my life. And, it, and they're not here because I didn't value them. Mm. And I didn't learn how to value those people. I think I would have said this to myself and not heard it. But there are certain people that I really valued that I unfortunately gave them an exit. Yeah. I exited them. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of a thing. I think I, I, I do better in life now valuing people. Mm-hmm. I only uh, ask this because I'm, I'm imagining, you know, if there is a young listener out there who's, who's made it this far in the podcast, yeah. it's like, this, value is, like this is advice, you know? Let's always remember there's value in people. People are going to shit on you, yeah. right? And if they shit on you, then that's cool. That's their value. They've given themselves their exit. That's fine. But being honest with yourself, okay, that's what I would tell myself. Be honest with yourself. Mm. That's 100% what I would tell a 15-year-old Quinn. Be honest with yourself because we're not honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that we're doing. You know what I mean? And there are people that I've hurt. And as you get older and more wise, you start looking back on it and saying, that was a pretty shitty thing to do, especially if you develop your character to be an even better person than you ever were. If you're constantly working to be a better person, right? Mm-hmm. Then once you become a better person, you look back on it, either it's one year, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever, and say at that point, here's how I could have been a better person. Um, so with that and that's that's more in my personal life that's not in my comedy life of course yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely personal life stuff that's <laughs> not, i like confusing it for me i, I can give a fuck who got hurt me i'm telling my <laughs> joke i'm out here doing it yeah yeah you know yeah it's saying? a different but, character uh, on stage but definitely putting but yeah. in in personal life definitely um there's value in people uh but most importantly be honest with yourself definitely Love you that, know man. my mom is 70 years old now you know and i'll take her grocery shopping and uh you know she'll say i need you know a case of water and i'll be like all right and she'd be like well get it for me <laughs> can you just get it you're yeah, right there yeah, yeah my mom's honest with herself you know what she yeah. says i can't lift it 
be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I would, but I can't. I can't live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is so- to some people that would be an embarrassing thing to admit. They would, if it was, right. a, if it was a man, they would try to lift it and then hurt themselves. Exactly. You know? And that shit happens exactly. all the time. Yeah. So being honest with yourself yeah. has helped me. Being honest with myself has helped me with my jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, helped me to dig deeper in my jokes. Uh, I feel like the more honest the jokes are, the more laughs I'm getting. Uh, the album is definitely about honesty in my personal dating life experiences. Um, but definitely it's a hundred percent honest. It's what I believe and feel as opposed to not being honest and just going for the laugh. Mm. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big thing. If you're being honest with yourself, then you just go from there. It's a lot easier to write the jokes than it is for, for you to say, well, this is cool and all, but is it funny? Am I going to get the laugh? Yeah. Sometimes honesty itself gets the laugh. So yeah, I would tell a 15 year old Quinn to be honest with himself. Powerful advice, man. I'm going to promote, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. You get to watch all the fun stuff. Go follow uh, Quinn, the comic with Quinn with two ends on Instagram and uh, same thing on Twitter as well. Definitely go to Spotify. Again, this will all be down in the description below, but girl, Quinn interrupted yeah. if you're listening and Quincy Martin on YouTube as well. Um, any, anything you want to promote or any last words you want to say to the people? Oh, just thanks for having me on. Uh, the album is Girl, Quinn interrupted. Check it out. I promise you it's the best comedy album you're going to hear this year. And if you go back in time, it's going to be the best album that you heard last year too. Hey. Uh, <laughs> also, uh don't forget to check out duckhuntchamps.com where you can get all my merch uh this is round 90 i believe this is this isn't even on the website yet anyway we got hoodies coming <laughs> i'll put that hoodies there coming too. on the website in the next few weeks uh but right now t-shirts are available uh many different colors many different rounds if you loved duck hunt when you were a kid like i did uh you definitely want to represent and uh be a duck hunt champ definitely Go check all that stuff out. Thank you to everybody listening on Spotify and Apple. Uh, Don't forget to share the podcast with your friend. That always helps. And leave a five-star review and a comment down below. Uh, But until next time, I've been your host, Johnny Rogers. Stay classy. You've been listening to The Johnny Rogers Show. New episodes air every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.